Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How is it going? It's time man. It's time. This this is pretty crazy. It's kind of hard to contain the excitement right now and just do like a normal intro to the show. The hype train's landed. We're we're in the station. We're pulled in. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's a weird feeling. We're actually we're, we're here. We've the We've seen the movie at this point, which just, I still can't wrap my head around it. Obviously, we'll get into the actual review of the movie. Um, but yeah, the fact that we've, we now live in a world where we've actually seen this movie finally after all these years. Like, what movie, bro? <laughs> that movie is one other than the, the movie that's on my t shirt right now, Free from Hell. Um, Hell it's, yeah. I'm trying, I was trying to find when it was the, the actual day it was announced. Um, it's difficult because I feel like it was late 2017, but obviously a lot of the stuff that I was finding was like obviously when they filmed it, which I think was early 2018. Mm. Um, but it seems like a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's been a long hype train. Probably yeah, the we, longest on the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know if anything will come close to this because <laughs> it started a very long time ago. But Mad we'll get yeah. into all that all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, kind of as this is a very special show, we're not going to do any news or anything like that like we normally do. So that can roll over to our next normal show. Um, but, yeah, we unfortunately have to start with some extremely sad news. Um, and it's such a shame that this has happened at any point, let alone this week. Um, and it's that we have to report the news of the passing of Sid Haig. Um Ooh. Obviously, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that there was uh, an accident and we were kind of waiting on an update. And just unfortunately, the, the, we got the worst news just this week. Um, so awful, he's, man. Yeah, passed away aged 80. Um, very sad indeed. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, we had, a, we had an update a few days before to say he was doing well. And, mm. um, and then obviously the worst came out. It's, it's such a shame, but... Um, one of the things that blew me away, um, obviously there's tons and outpouring of support on social media, mm. but the thing that really got to me was every post was pretty much accompanied by a picture. It just seems like everyone that wanted to go to a convention got to meet Sid Haig and he took mm. a picture with everyone. You know, he never shied away from that and was always at these conventions and just seemed like a guy that was always willing to give to fans and i think that was such a good legacy to have on kind of social media in the last couple of days mm. um it's something that you don't usually see you know they normally you know him in him in his movie roles but so many fans were posting pictures of him and i just thought that was a really cool thing that, that really stood out to me yeah, it definitely felt more personal in a really nice way. Where mm. obviously we, it's a shame because you see a lot of these icons of horror pass away, sadly. Um, and it's this, this has felt like one of the most love filled I've ever seen. And that's such mm. a great thing where it's like, yeah, he is like, obviously, we were uh, never fortunate enough to meet the man, but just judging by everyone else's reaction who's ever met him, that he's becomes across as such a nice person to everyone. Um, and you can tell that it's not just a case of, he was into movies that people liked. He was a genuinely really nice person as well. Mm. Um, and that's what makes it even sadder, obviously. Um, Definitely. But yeah, kind of, it's Gone, weird. but not forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this will, obviously, we'll be talking about him in this movie. And yeah, Sid Haig will always be a part of this podcast going forward. Um, but uh, yeah, we did have a question as well, actually, um, uh, on Twitter from Cody, who uh, quite simply asked, what is your favorite Sid Haig roles? Um yeah, I mean, this will obviously come as no surprise to people. Um, and again, tying into this week's film, but Captain Spaulding 
is easily one of my all-time favorite characters in any horror film yeah um, he, he's so iconic you know it, it, the even if these movies weren't what they were already, he would still be an iconic character. And the fact that these movies are so awesome, you know, the second he pops up in House of a Thousand Corpses, he steals mm. the show. Yeah. Like it's crazy because obviously he's more of a, he started in the seventies and eighties with these kind of like mm. grindhouse picks. Um, and obviously that was a bit before our time, but obviously going back and seeing clips from them. And yeah, he was this kind of like niche guy who like, if you knew him, you knew him. Um, but it really wasn't until I think Rob put him in house of a thousand corpses. And in this kind of new Renaissance yeah. forces career happened. <clears throat> and he has such a knack with that of pulling these, these great character actors who have just like, you know, he probably wasn't in as many films, as he should have been given the level of talent that the man had mm. um and so it was great that he kind of got this like renaissance right towards the end of his career and really got like the love that he deserved in the genre made um, me buy night of the living dead 3d just because he was on the front cover <laughs> yeah true story <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah of course like spalding is just amazing yeah. um but uh, yeah, um, obviously, and the, the one last thing, obviously, before we go into our review is this is the last, I guess, hype train update. Um, My God. You know, this is obviously not going to be the last time we talk about Free From Hell. Um, we already uh, have a few planned things <laughs> in the future. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, obviously, this this film there may has been be big, more things coming. Yeah, there's been a big part. This film has been a big part of this podcast. And just because we've now seen it, it's not just going to disappear, even though there's a lot of other movies that are upcoming very soon that we're also very excited for, but we're not ready to let this one go yet because it's just we're only just getting started. We haven't even reviewed it yet, and we're still not ready to let it go. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't wait to see when all of our listeners can watch it as well. Obviously, yeah. we do have some listeners who have seen it in the US, which is great. Um, and obviously, it'll be getting that wider release soon. But we'll get into all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait to see like the like the fans actually get a hold of this movie because yeah, yeah, it's going to be going to be good times. Um, but yeah, shall we shall we shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. I can't wait any longer. This is very surreal to say, but let's talk about Free From Hell. So yeah, obviously um, the movie had a small limited release in the US um, and is sort of coming to DVD. Three to four nights only. Yeah, um, and it's coming to DVD, Blu-ray and digital release on the 15th of October. Um, so obviously we... The pre-order is real. It's yes, a real it is. pre-order. It is a real thing. We can <laughs> confirm. Um, and it's... Uh, obviously we have seen the movie now so we're going to talk about it but this will be a full spoiler free review mm -hmm. um obviously like all of our fright fest coverage and like the barge yeah. people last uh, week another i would say movie. we're probably going to be more careful on spoilers than we usually are as well <laughs> yeah it's one of those ones where i have no idea how what this conversation is even going to sound like because no. there's, there's a lot going on in this movie and we're, we're not going to spoil any of it for you guys um we'll just kind of give you a sense of our a tone for the movie mm -hmm. um but yeah, very, very much thank you to Lionsgate and also Richard Brake, who massively helped us out in, in kind of getting this movie now and getting, getting you our thoughts on it as early as we have done. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely want to thank those guys up front. Oh, massive thank you. It's incredible to get this and... Yeah, yeah it definitely it, save, it. It, it kind of softens the blow that we don't get a proper UK premiere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. But uh, yeah, I, I guess what, what would be your uh, the plot for this one? Obviously, the sequel. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the, the I trilogy mean, now. Yeah, three from hell. 
completing the trilogy, the uh, the Devil's trilogy, I guess. I mean, what are we going to call this trilogy? Yeah, the Firefly trilogy. The I Firefly like. trilogy. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, obviously, two thousand and three, House of a Thousand Corpses. Wow. Quickly followed two thousand and five. Devil's and he Rejects. He filmed that like way before two thousand and three as well. Yeah, I think true. it was just after two thousand when he filmed true. it. And fourteen years later, we wow. are now talking Three from Hell, which makes me feel old. Yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of people involved in this movie feel old, I guess as well. Oh yeah, um, it's a long time coming. But yeah. Um, so we get reunited with, uh, baby Otis and the one and only Captain Spaulding. Mm. Um, and I don't know what to talk about after that. (laughs) (laughs) This is insanely difficult because there are things within the first five minutes that I I probably would deem spoilers. The first five minutes of this movie are insane. Mm. Um, so yeah, we we rejoin them. Uh, it, it is a sequel to the Re- Devil's Rejects. So we pick up where Devil's Rejects leaves off, pretty much, and uh, continue the story from there. I mean, literally, as the open credits rolled, I just had no idea what to expect, and mm. that's kind of what this movie did all the way through. And it's yeah. just another crazy journey of the fireflies soon joined by the one and only richard Brake uh playing foxy Mm. um and uh, yeah it's just a journey to hell and back with these guys tearing things up one more time um and it really this movie like i don't want to synopsize any more than that like this movie really is kind of just the greatest hits of Rob Zombie and mm. these guys and just kind of a love letter to people that love this franchise. Yeah. You know, obviously this um, franchise is hugely loved and uh, Bill and um, Sid, you know, who are heavy kind of participants in the kind of circuit um, uh, convention circuit always get asked the question and they always have said, no, uh, you know, the characters are dead. They're not coming back. And then suddenly, three from hell lands, and we yeah. get another one. Uh, it's insane, man. Um, yeah, I, d- I definitely think from uh, a general perspective, you know, having seen this movie, it, the, obviously Rob is a guy who doesn't care about the kind of critical reception of his movies. Mm. And it's great that someone is just kind of like, I'm making these movies because they're the movies that I want to make first and foremost. And I know that there's an audience out there that will love it. And there's obviously, there's always going to be an audience that will hate it as well. Mm. And I think that for this movie, for the first time for me, fully feels like he does not give a damn about that side of the audience anymore like he's not remotely trying to win over the the the, the kind of the naysayers like oh well maybe you didn't like 31 but you'll like this one like no 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 like he knows who his audience is right now he knows who his true fans are and he's making this movie i think i think this one is the first one that feels like a love letter to the hardcore you know Mm. to us it's basically saying like this is what you want and I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you the fireflies back. Like who cares what happened at the end of devils? We will, we will continue this story because this story, these characters are too good not to get more of. And God damn it. I loved it. 
And pretty think, much every actor is known from previous movies at this point. Yeah. Because obviously he's done why, a lot of movies since Devils. Um, yeah. and obviously most notably being with, with the arrival of Richard recently. But there's, there's, there's a whole host of characters and actors that have like, oh, there's a guy that was in just Halloween 2. There's someone who was in Lords of Salem. And it's just every, almost every person who yeah. has a line in this movie. Well, that's why sort of it, movie. it really does feel like a... Um, you know, greatest hits of Rob Zombie's movies because it is almost everyone that's been in any of his movies gets to pop up in this and just have a fun time. And like, mm. that's, I think that's the thing about it. He's just trying to have fun with what he was doing. Like this movie has, you know, a, a shoestring budget, you know, it, it, we had no idea what the release was going to be of this movie. And Rob just wanted to have a hell of a good time. And it just, it amazes me that he can create this sort of art with the limitations he has. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the, again, like, we're not going to be talking spoilers, but like the way this movie starts was like just this punch to the face that I like was unsure what we were going to get. Like, like I said to you, when we, when we, when we kind of started to play this, I didn't know what the opening scene would be. And the whole movie does that for me. Mm. Like even when we start to get into the f- later on acts, I never know where it's going to take me. And Sometimes it takes me places that I didn't want to go, um, but it always gave me one hell of a journey along the way. Like, I wasn't expecting to be where we ended up at the end of this movie. Um, yeah, it's quite surprising that they actually, he still managed to, even from us, who obviously we'd seen a trailer yeah. and we'd seen all the actors apart the coverage <laughs> and all of the images that they've released and everything. And so we, you kind of get a general sense of what's going mm. on. But there were still multiple moments where I was like, okay, that's a decision that he's now made where I'm like, yeah. I have no idea where the next segment's going to go. And then that happened again. And then that happened again. So like, it was actually so many more surprises and shocks than I was remotely yeah. expecting. Which well, I think great. because a chunk of the stuff that we had deducted was in the first third of this movie. And I really yeah. thought it was going to be the first two, you know, two thirds at least of this movie, yeah, or, maybe or three quarters <laughs> or the whole thing. And yeah. um, so, yeah, for me, the, the open of this movie just is incredible. Like, Obviously, we get reintroduced to um, all of our characters and just each reintroduction, it's shot in this fantastic documentary style and it just kind of gives you this vibe. And, you know, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that Rob has done, which I think is almost unique to this franchise where we've watched, you know, hundreds and thousands of horror movies over the years and villains like freddy and jason you're watching their movies and by the time you get to part four five six you're rooting for them and in the end you know they inevitably have to perish um but you don't really want them to but in this movie you're not even kind of rooting for them these these three are the most horrible people in the world everything about them is despicable but you just love them and you want them to just carry on their carnage and it's such a weird Mm. thing i'm sitting there like thinking my horrible person because I'm just like cheering <laughs> these guys on, but but Rob, you know, he does he does it in such a clever way that he does turn them into rock stars in the opening minutes of this movie. So for the rest of the movie, you are just 100% along for the ride with them, and um, you know, just just rooting for them every every step of the way. And it's kind of how it was with Devils, you know, in that in that final scene of Devils, not one person was like, yes, the baddies got their comeuppance. Everyone was devastated and. That's such a weird thing that he's managed to create with this franchise. 
Yeah, that was the craziest thing about The Devil's Rejects when it first came out. It was like, it was so cleverly written how he starts this movie at one point and he has that ending in mind, which has to be this emotional, powerful mm. moment where you should feel sad. Mm. And he somehow achieves that when you mm. have these, like, like you say, really despicable. And there's still scenes in The Devil's Rejects where I've seen that movie hundreds of times oh, and it still, still makes, makes me feel, feel uncomfortable yeah and it's it's crazy that it still has that power but then mm. kind of the the charm and it's obviously those the chemistry that those three actors had um yeah. on the screen was just exceptional um and, and obviously mm. coming into this movie again like one of my biggest i guess worries going into this movie was the fact that it was you know what 14 year gap and mm-hmm will they be able to nail it again nail those characters nail those performances and as soon as you start watching it you're like okay that was a ridiculous fear to have because they're just immediately and there is a lot of new characters in this as well obviously we're going to talk about richard but i think that one of the major wins for me in this entire movie um was jeff daniel phillips who obviously has worked on uh 31 and lords of salem so this is like his third rob movie now um in a row and just amazing again like his energy obviously he um has so such a great energy with sherry on screen that we've obviously seen in the previous two movies that you guys would have probably seen at this point um and i definitely think that they continued that where every scene they were together i was like this is brilliant they just they riff off each other so well um and i I thought he was again that like there's so many um brilliant acting performances to talk about um but yeah that was definitely one of the ones i was like wow that was that was amazing yeah, obviously having people like Jeff Daniel Phillips and we'll come to Richard kind of pop up and give this fresh performance is incredible. Mm. Um, Dee Wallace as well was amazing yeah. in this movie. Her kind of, I, I, I didn't know how big her part would be. No. And it was fantastic. It, it worked so well and it created, you know, that the whole Dee Wallace kind of part of the movie was probably my favorite part of the movie yeah um you know that whole bit and um but yeah i have to go back to the kind of main cast obviously bill and sherry um just briefly talking about sid obviously um when we see him he he does such an incredible job of giving us a sporting performance um and i'm so glad we got to see you know a a bit of sporting for one last time um it was Mm. so important to get that and i'm so glad that rob managed to get that um but yeah, Bill, Bill and Sherry um, are just, you know, Bill instantly is Otis again. The second he appears on screen, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that no, no time has passed. Like, yeah. obviously he's looking older, but he is Otis straight away. And with, with Baby, Baby's such a weird character because obviously she's completely eccentric and the things she says and does. And I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that. Like an older sherry playing baby do you know what i mean and mm. but it was it it was fantastic like i instantly got back into it and you just you, you just believe them their performances are so strong um it is kind of terrifying because um uh, you know when we move on to richard as well like those three you really just believe that they are terrifying psychotic <laughs> individuals. You really do. Like, yeah, it almost freaks me out when I watch because I've seen interviews with Bill in particular, Bill, and he's just complete really, yeah. opposite of his character. <laughs> yeah, it's it's madness. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the the big question mark was for me was kind of who Richard was going to be, which we're not going to go into. But what was the performance going to be like, and kind of you know how does he interact with the other two? And I could not have been happier. Mm. Um, 
the second he appears on the screen, I'm just like, yes, it's 100% the Richard character that I want. You know, I don't want, I don't want Doomhead again. I don't want, you know, another one of his characters again. I want a new Richard performance that fits this world. And we got that 100%. It was so good. And it, to, for him to step in and get that chemistry with kind of Bill and Sherry, um, you know, instantly, obviously, you know, um, it, it was essential to this film and it, it kept the film together. And, it, um, you know, those three were, were so incredible. And it was just it was a joy to watch them all playing off each other. Yeah, definitely. I think I think um, piggybacking off that point, just to go back to uh, what I said about my first fear being that kind of there was so long between the last movie and this one that maybe it wouldn't feel like a sequel to The Devil's Rejects, Mm. which it absolutely did. And then my second fear was the case of like, okay, now you're adding this new brilliant actor who we're a big fan of in the most recent Robs, and how will he fit in with this kind of these previous characters and the fact that it works as well as it does is mind blowing really. Um, because I agree with you when you watch this movie, um, you're now kind of like, wait, so he, he wasn't in devil's rejects. Like, cause it feels like he was (laughs) Um, kind of five minutes into his performance. I just thought to myself, why did I have any trepidation? Like, why was I nervous? I shouldn't have been like Rob and Richard know what they're doing together, but I, you know, until you see it, you're not sure, but it's so good. And I definitely think that was the element that this movie needed as well, because, you know, there's a lot of awesome stuff in this movie. But I think that at times it is very similar to Devil's Rejects. And obviously, if you're a fan of Devil's Rejects, you're going to like that. Um, But I think that if that was what the entire movie was, that could have been a bit of a downplay Mm. of like, oh, it's really cool to see all these characters back for one last time, which is great. And we never thought we'd get that. And that was obviously why we were so excited for this movie. But I think for like rewatchability and actual quality of the movie Mm. it needed to have a different element that would then because all three of the movies are an amazing trilogy but all three of them have such different distinct styles now and that's one of the things i really loved i think that is this movie needed that to stand out and then so definitely Mm. i think richard's character and his interactions with um obviously otis and baby mostly it just adds this movie to a different level now so when i go back and rewatching them i feel like it's going to be a case of the first movie really had those Spalding scenes that really drew me in and was so spectacular. Yeah. Um, the second scene was more of the focus on Baby and Sherry's interact. Um, sorry, Baby and uh, Otis's like interactions back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, definitely this movie, it's definitely um, he plays Foxy. We should say so. Foxy's interactions yeah. with Sherry, uh, with Baby and Otis is just is so exceptional. It's um, it really does, and like you say, this movie could have easily been The Devil's Reject Part Two. Mm. And kind of, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are vastly different movies. This is this is very similar to Devil's Rejects, but this does give it that element that does make all three of them this distinct kind of thing. That it's just it's just so amazing that we got you know got this full trilogy. You know, it's something that horror movies always want to have and like get to and kind of have that package. And it's so important to get it right. And you know, this this movie doesn't get get through the whole thing without its problems. Like, mm. I'm, I'm not going to turn around and say it's a perfect thing. You know, there are things about it that um, didn't quite work. And there are, um, you know, for me particularly, I'm not going to go into spoilers. Um, but the final act of this movie, when how we arrived at the final act, it felt like we got there too fast. And then it felt like it took too long to get going. Yeah. And I wish we had more of a journey to get to the final act and less of a 
build up to the real final parts of this movie um you know it's difficult to skirt around but if you've seen the movie you'll get me mm. and um you know it really i feel like it did have some pacing issues there and um you know th- there are things like that 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 you know aren't perfect about this movie but the thing that you know really shines through for the for me is that it you know it was done in such, uh, like I say, love letter way on such a strip shoestring budget with just everyone that you can tell that is just loving it. Like every character when they turn up, they're all doing it because they want to be in a Rob Zombie movie and they want to, you know, or be in another Rob Zombie movie, I should say. Mm. And they're all doing it for the love. And that that really shines through. And it's not because they've all just got big grins on the, you know, their faces or something, but they they are giving great performances pretty much every cameo in this movie is a great performance, you know, kind of, I've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of kind of Danny Trejo do cameos, um, Mm. you know, recently in films. And, you know, this one felt like, you know, his best performance for a while where he you know, really (laughs) is, you know, you know, it's a short, it's a short moment, but it it works and it's a good performance. And everyone does that, you know, like I say, D Wallace was, you know, so unexpected and, and an unexpected surprise. And I think those are the things that I'm going to take away most from this movie, that this kind of montage of, you know, Rob, you know, people, Rob guys and girls worked so well meshed together. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't a case of, because when they started announcing this uh, cast... It sounded too insane. Well, and it, was, it was so big for such a small horror movie. You kind of say, like, how is this going to work? And it does make you wonder if, are some of these people just here for, you know, they're in another Rob movie and it's it's maybe just a paycheck or something like that. And so then when you actually get your eyeballs on it and you watch it, you're like, okay, there are varying degrees of um, screen time here, obviously, because not everyone is going to have you know loads of different scenes but i think that yeah everyone brings that same energy to the role and you know there are some roles like danny trejo who's a very small role and i could have wanted more and then there's someone like d wallace who was in the movie way more than i expected and was exceptional in every scene i still wanted more even though there was loads there already jeff Um, daniel phillips you know his character the second his character turned up i was like oh okay i know who this guy is going to be Hmm. was not that guy at all it was such a different <laughs> performance than what i thought it was going to be and i loved it and it and, yeah. and those were the things where i think rob you know he didn't want to just make a movie that was safe he hmm. wanted to make a movie that was you know a true vision you know a, a true sequel to his vision and he he went his way with it and that's that's the thing i respect most about it yeah, the, um, the first, like, obviously, we, we won't talk spoilers, but, like, the first five minutes of this movie is so bold, and it, yeah. it's told so brilliantly. It's exactly what I wanted, but it was never what I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, and it was just, like, it, the movie started at such a breakneck, a breakneck pace. It just never stopped for, like, no. probably about the 50-minute mark to, to yeah. when the, the, the movie finally was, like, and breathe. Because it the was just so much going this, on. This movie, it cannot be understated how crazy it is and how um it is just a 10 minute punch to the face it does not stop like the the second the opening credits roll and you're like holy shit this is where the movie's beginning and then it just hits the ground running i love it mm. i love i love the, the the big question mark that i guess a lot of fans have got and this will be a spoiler free answer I, um you know is how does this movie transition from devil's rejects two three from hell mm. and kind of how do they get around it and I think the way that he did it was superb. The way it was shot, the way it was told to us, um, you know, because we all have these questions. And it's like, 
okay, so how do you have like an intro to a movie where it's like, okay, so Devil's Rejects happened, but this is what really happened and give you that information. Do you know what I mm. mean? And he did it in such a clever way that was shot fantastically. And um, it will be such a memorable moment for me watching those first 10 minutes of this movie. Like yeah. one of the most memorable probably of this podcast. You know, yeah, when, when this movie was obviously first announced we were extremely excited but there was definitely a part of us that was like okay na- like there's no going back when you make this movie because now that ending of the devil's rejects is no longer the ending of these characters anymore mm. and it was such in my personal opinion it's my favorite horror movie ending of all time i i love it that much mm-hmm. and so there was that worry of like it could sully that in some way and i think that what he done was perfect i think that it keeps the the um the validity of the ending of the devil's rejects that still feels as valid as it did when it first came out but it also perfectly transitioned into a sequel to that movie and was like well you know this was an ending at the time that i felt was necessary because they went out in a blaze of glory um but you know what if you know what if that didn't happen the way you initially thought it happened Mm -hmm. um let's tell another chapter in this story and i thought was such a brilliant way uh like you said to start this film again um and i definitely agree with you as well i think that in the future if we if we talk spoilers which i imagine we will it'll be yeah. easier to talk about stuff but um i definitely think that the movie has some pacing issues later on mm-hmm. um and i definitely think the first half was stronger than the second um yeah. not massively because i still enjoyed the second half but like the first half was like 10 out of 10 for me i i yeah. almost i have zero qualms with like the first hour of this movie 100 the first the first hour of this movie i was like holy shit we're in trouble like <laughs> i don't know if i can handle this it's perfect and then yeah. it it does it does go off the board a little bit um it just slows but, down a little bit doesn't yeah, it yeah and the problem is i think part of that is because you know the movie's ending and i just yeah. want more of it like I, mm. I don't ever want it to end and i don't you know who knows at this point because devil's rejects felt like a full stop but like mm. this really felt like his love letter to the franchise um you know it felt like his love letter to the genre yeah it really did actually you know i wonder what rob will do post this you know that's probably a conversation for another day but like you know he's had you know so many different kind of you know steps to this journey you know big moments low moments kind of you know we've we've stuck by him from day one right to the end and i wonder if this is like you know a full stop um, well, well, that's what's so like, interesting. It's hard to tell. He started with House of a Thousand Corpses, obviously, mm. and to see his whole journey as a filmmaker now come full circle to end with these same characters again, it's yeah. surreal to 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 be like we're in 2019 now, and obviously we. When we first saw House of a Thousand Corpses, I, I still mm. remember when we first picked that up just because of the cover well, of yeah, the movie. I- and kind of say, i feel like this it predates this podcast so much and to think that we're now here we've got this podcast where yeah. people actually want to hear our thoughts on this movie and it's now come out and we've seen it it's a weird journey for us as well yeah, we're so it, linked with these three movies it really does because um we've probably never gone into this story too much i think it's worth going into that like mm. when when we discovered house for thousand corpses you know it's 2003 we're not actively looking on social media it's not a thing you know we're not um, looking online at news even you know we're, we're literally just going in and picking things up off the, the the shelf and at that point for me with horror it was to the I was basically just thinking I'm gonna complete my back catalogue 
Mm. I'm going to be getting old horror movies. There isn't a lot of new stuff. <laughs> you know, we've had Scream. We had a renaissance there. And we, we haven't got, like, these movies and these crazy things coming out. And this just, like, jumped off at me at the shelf. It was the Spalding face. And then it was, like, a movie by Rob Zombie. And I'm like, hang on, what, the, the singer? Like, <laughs> what? And had no idea what this movie was and kind of, you know, this movie, not not on its own, but at the time, this movie, guys like Eli Roth with Cabin Fever and Hostel and the Saw franchise really reignited horror for us, mm. where we realized that new horror is out there if you look for it and it's fantastic and it's great. And that's what kept us keep you know kept us driving to find new horror and not just looking back like so many people do don't mm. get me wrong we look back a lot there's a lot of great stuff but this year alone we've seen incredible stuff and it's and it was house for thousand corpses and like i say a couple of other movies like that that reignited that fire for me personally and i i, I feel it's the same for you yeah, I completely agree. And that was one of the main reasons why we started this show was because mm. of that that simple reason of we we kind of discovered these new guys. And I'm glad that you called out um, Eli as well, because I definitely think he was in that exact same era where we yeah. were like, what, like actually seeing new horror movies for the first time. That was that us loved, rediscovering new horror movies. Yeah, that we loved equally as much as because we did. Obviously, we didn't grow up in that time period, but it was weird because we did grow up watching a lot of those movies. Obviously, mm. we can we might actually talk about the end of the show because i'd forgotten about it but um obviously we've talked about the hills of eyes part two and and movies like that and obviously we grew up with the freddie and jason mm -hmm. in particular those two horror icons and so we were very much in that vein of you know what is what is the new horror that's out there and is it going to do anything for us and so yeah with those two filmmakers that definitely was like mm. oh, okay it's out there but obviously at the time like say it was i don't even know if we had like broadband at that time but it was it was very much harder to seek that stuff out i don't and, think so and even though that what we're talking about this time period predates the show by over a decade it was that mm. same mentality that we carried through and obviously then loving the genre and obviously all these different new filmmakers coming out and and definitely the saw franchise and then that was why we started the show it was like okay we know now from doing a lot of research on this stuff that there is new amazing horror out there and even and there's a lot of horror fans like us that think that the glory yeah. days were were in the past and that's fair enough obviously there's so many incredible movies that did happen but like you say now is the perfect time and i mean 2019 is just a joke like yeah uh, we'll come on to 2019 man what a year it's, it's ridiculous it really is ridiculous <laughs> we yeah. it's we're so fortunate that we started the show when we did because it Definitely. just makes our job so easy <laughs> Definitely. um but yeah coming back to kind of three from hell and the movie itself um the obviously with robin and especially with devils in particular and house of thousand corpses as well both of those movies are so violent and so you know visceral and in your face and um we we get some moments like that in this movie as well but um yeah there are a couple of montages in this movie that really made me feel so uncomfortable watching and i'm not one that gets that way with kind of violence often we see so many things but just the way Rob shoots things and the way that it's just there and in your face and these characters are enjoying it so much. Um, you know, there's something about a Michael Myers where he's this kind of expressionless character that adds something. But then with these guys, that enjoyment, like when you see baby just like wrecking someone and just giggling that, that psychotic laugh, there, there is something sinister about that that really just it's difficult to watch in, in you know, the best horror way. 
Definitely. I think it all stems from his style as a filmmaker. And obviously we talked about it with this documentary style that he kind of started with um, The Devil's Rejects and definitely went away. Obviously, when he made like his big Halloween movies, he Mm. was more of a traditional shot the movie. Um, And like think think of a lot of horror movies we've seen this year and a lot of movies that we've loved, but kind of like even stuff like Us and It Chapter 2 where everything is framed in a certain way, you know, and they're very much thinking about like storyboarding and all that type of stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. I think with a movie like this, it's, it's trying to be this like realistic document documentary style. Yeah. And so when you're seeing these like really graphic, like stabbings and blood and, you know, people laughing in their faces, it's like the camera is either right up in their face or it's herky jerky moving. And it does yeah. feel like someone's just stumbled into a house and it's it like, almost, filming it. it does almost feel like a snuff movie at times, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so, so uncomfortable to watch and it really did recapture that and like i say you know this um i can't judge this movie overall yet like where this sits with me um mm. all i can say is that i had one hell of a time watching it and i will be watching it many more times and we'll be talking about it a hell of a lot more on this show um, yeah which is which is the the biggest praise i can give it right now and the fact that like yeah when i was watching it it is just one of these things where you, you can't fully absorb it the first time if you're as deep into this as what we are and as excited about it as what we were. And I think kind of fans of our podcast are that excited about it. And so I think um, the fact that this movie is coming out on Blu-ray like straight away is almost a good thing. You know, we'd, I'd, I'd love more than anything to be able to see this on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But the fact that when people get this, you can just deep dive. You know, we can, you can watch this movie a few times. The... The Blu-ray gives you the features that you definitely want to deep dive and get the full understanding of this movie. Because I feel like this movie, it part of this movie is the journey that went into it as well. And just mm. that story, which we'll delve into on a later show, I'm sure. And um, it's just a great thing that, that got to be made this year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like we were pretty insane with this in terms of the expectations and how we mm. built it up and obviously all the hype train jokes and everything. And the reality of the situation is we were incredibly excited for this movie. But as we've discussed on the show before, there are so many movies where we almost hype ourselves up too much and it does leave such a, a window for disappointment. And going into this movie, I'd kind of resign myself to the fact that as much as I am excited for this movie, there's almost no way no way that it could capture what i actually wanted the movie to be Mm. after all these years of excitement and so then sitting down and actually watching it and the fact that it really fulfilled me in a way that i was not expecting Mm. and the only time i felt any sort of disappointment and i really felt sad was when the credits rolled at the end and yeah it wasn't sad like the end of devil's rejects because of uh, what actually had happened on screen it was just a case of like this journey is now over it's now the end and i was kind of just staring blankly at the screen like is there is there anything at the end like is it is there post credits or anything because i just wanted yeah i wanted to keep the journey going it, it and was so... it was funny that you say that because i felt that disappointment too like mm. genuine disappointment and it it, it it it's kind of the disappointment that i normally feel when i'm let down by a movie yeah. And it was that same sort of feeling, but it was not because of that reason. It was just that disappointment that like, oh my God, like I want four hours. Like I need <laughs> I need more. <laughs> like and it was a weird feeling to at the end of it. But um you know, obviously the hype was real and I was hyped out of my mind for this movie. If you'd have spoke to me and get got realistic answers, which was probably impossible, like <laughs> 
was it possible that this movie could be in the same conversation as the first two? I would have said, I just don't think it can. Yeah. Um, but like 24 hours away from it, I'm, I'm not going to be a psychopath and try to rank it. But like mm. this movie sits with the other two, like it hangs, which is the, the biggest compliment I can give it. Yeah, it's a it's a worthy sequel at the very least, and so yeah. it's it's not put those other movies to shame. It's not like oh, remember when he was a good filmmaker? Like no, 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 mm-hmm. he is still yeah. brilliant and still making this awesome movie. And you know, we've only seen the movie once at this point, but I already can't stop thinking about it, and I'm I'm desperate to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to watch the the extras on the DVD and Blu-ray because it's going to be great. Um, I'm not going to lie, I had to drive into work this morning with not the radio on or anything. <laughs> I, I drove to work in silence because I was just I was up thinking about the movie yeah did you ever have that moment when you were just like i've, I've seen free from hell well that's that. kind of what happened when i woke up it kind of felt a bit like a dream yeah but yeah it's it's cool man and i think um i mean do, do you recommend this movie yeah i do just just kind of try and because obviously we are absolute psychopaths and so this is yeah. one of those reviews that you have to really take with a grain of salt but i think to try and yeah, type we, we the are movie, fanboys to the the utmost <laughs> degree on this we know this um but yeah, the actual movie it, itself most i think people is... of this show are as well i think most people <laughs> that follow this show closely are <laughs> yeah um i think that the movie is like super entertaining i think your guys will absolutely love it if you like the two previous movies i yeah. think that it um paid respect to the previous movies and shows you enough of those characters that you love for for one more ride and that's what it feels like in a great way but then the added element is i and again we we haven't really talked about it too much because again because of spoilers but the new actors in this movie and obviously we've talked about it a lot and definitely d wallace in there as well so give another shout out to her mm-hmm. but jeff daniel phillips and richard brake who have obviously they they were pretty much i guess the two leads in 31 as well so yeah. i think if, if you liked if you love 31 you're gonna love this movie so much because yeah. you get two more you get more you get another brilliant performance from these two amazing actors and yeah. that was exactly what i wanted i wanted a great sequel to devil's rejects with two of my favorite actors from 31 added and oh, that I is know. a hard thing to deliver and he, he absolutely delivered that so i can't foxy, ask for anymore. you know richard brake with foxy um i love that character so much and like to, to get this just such a I don't. I can't go into who he is too much, but like, <laughs> you know, to get him and to get his interactions and to get him just be this absolute badass and for it to work one hundred percent from start to finish, and it and and that's the thing. It was seamless. That it wasn't like oh, here's Richard Crowbar in mm. the second he appeared on screen. Like you said, I'm like, holy shit! Is there a cut of Devil's Rejects where he's in the background because <laughs> he is in this world. And, mm. it, and and that's a credit to Rob and the character he wrote, but but definitely Richard as well and the way he took this role on because it must have been intimidating stepping into a franchise like this and stepping into such a role within this franchise and he just smashed it. I yeah. mean, you know, we I, I can't be surprised really because, <laughs> you know, the guy just smashed everything, but this was the one where I was like, is this a step too far? But now bring on Freddy. Yeah, this was like the hardest one for him, I think, so far. And the fact that he nailed this so much where I'm like, I have complete confidence now that if he was given a role like that, that would be insane. Like he would just completely smash yeah. it out of the park, like you said. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, your your recommendation is pretty much obviously I recommend this movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're not a Rob Zombie fan, don't watch this movie. You know, yeah. if, you've, if you've seen other movies, if you don't like Devils or House, fine. Rob's not for you. He is an acquired taste. 
But if you like any of Rob movies, you're going to love this movie just like you loved all these other ones. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and yeah, I don't want to move on, but uh, we're going to have to. But yeah, we're, we, not, we, we're we... not moving on, man. There, <laughs> there, there are more shows for this conversation to continue. Yes, for sure. Um, Trees but... in Hell is not out for another month. <laughs> uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. Uh, yeah, so just to sort of round us off this week, um, obviously this is a very special show, so we didn't have the kind of news or anything at the start, but um, I just wanted to give a special shout out really to one of our listeners. Um, of course, you, you can always send us uh, a tweet or a question on Twitter um, at shbpod, um, or you can send us longer emails uh, at superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, and obviously, uh, Sean has been sort of one of our, our best contributors of the past few weeks, and um, he was lucky enough to see Free From Hell uh, week ago or so um in the u.s and um he was a big fan of it as well which was great to hear um he actually did rank the movies um and he has Mm -hmm. it uh below devils but above house um and yeah echoed a lot of what we said really saying like yeah if you if you're a fan of rob then you will love you'll dig this movie um so yeah i'm really glad that sean enjoyed it and he also got to see it Mm -hmm. on the big screen which i'm slightly jealous about lucky man um and uh yeah he did send us the um sort of limited edition poster that you get um when you see it in the u.s as well um and so yeah thank you very much for that sean it's incredibly kind Um, we never expect anything from like that from our listeners we just do it because this is a fun show to do um we we do this for you guys and the feedback is incredible and just having the interactions is what we do this show for but yeah Mm. for sean to send this to me you know to us for this kind of you know this um limited thing for a movie that's so special to us that we weren't mm. going to be able to get hold of um is awesome I mean, yeah we'll, we'll definitely treasure it yeah for sure um and yeah he did uh other than uh, talking about free from hell which he really enjoyed he did have a, an interesting point here talking about obviously the quality of, of 2019 horror um mm. where he said uh, this year is unprecedented for the amount of quality films the genre gets bigger every year and more films are being produced every year as the horror film industry uh, grows and changes perhaps we need to make some adjustments and grow with it i think we need to consider a top 15 or even top 20 instead of top 10 um films of the year uh there are films that do not deserve to be honorable mentions this year i'll probably end up seeing a hundred horror films in 2019 and i don't think a top 15 or 20 is too big of an imposition um and these films certainly deserve it what do you think um I, first I thought of this all was... well well played sir for a hundred <laughs> horror movies you know yeah we're going to be pushing that maybe and like you know it's that that is that is a good effort that that is crazy that, that is such a huge <laughs> amount like you definitely see more movies than anyone i know um mm-hmm. and, and i know you will see a lot of these on the big screen as well which is crazy but um yeah. yeah um obviously your question wasn't specifically directed at uh our end of year show but more just in general but um for, for the show obviously we've had our top 10 movies that we've done annually it's kind of our mm-hmm. last show of the year um, that we're already prepping for. It's going to be a big one this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like continuity and I like being um, aggressive with my own opinions. And mm-hmm. so I think that trying to force myself to a top 10, as painful as it is, and especially this year, like I don't even want to think about it until December at the very least um, no. because it's going to be difficult. It, it I do like me. that forcing myself to do it. Yeah, um, I'm, the, I'm the same, man. Like I've already got top 10 um you know they are 
there, there are so many movies that are going to miss the the cut, but it's a good thing. It's a good problem mm. to have. You know, I want to, you know, when we first started doing this show, the first couple of years, it was a case of when I got to about seven or eight, I'd be like, okay, that's a, that's a movie that I dug. I'm going to chuck that one in. Yeah. And whereas now I'm like, I can't do that. There are already movies this year that are my type of movies, but just, I can't put them into that 10 because the 10 is so strong. And you know, it, it's a it's a great problem to have, um, and it just shows that yeah, this is the best year of horror we've had for the podcast already, and yeah. we've all, we've got some mammoth movies still to come. We've yeah. got we've got Doctor Sleep like <laughs> just round the corner, and you know, our top ten is already round. Like this is a good this is a good thing. Yeah, and and obviously um, with our best of shows. Um, mm. We obviously have a top 10, but then we have our individual awards as well. And that we I think that's, it's kind of made us a bit more used to being brutal with the cuts because mm-hmm. some of those in recent years, obviously the top 10, you do get a lot of different choices. And obviously this year is going to be more difficult, but I agree with you that there have been certain years where we're like, here's eight that we love. Let's just chuck yeah. in a couple that we think are decent. Whereas obviously when we do like our acting performances or like best um, surprise, for example, it's one winner and only two runners up and like already looking at some of the categories for this year oh, i'm just like cool. like how like i don't even know how we've done it previously I and mean, we've had these discussions as well where we're like shall we just throw in you know three or four and we've never done it we've stayed true to yeah. the to our to, own rules that three. we made up yeah um, our, our own dumb rules yeah so like it's yeah i i think this is a really interesting point to uh bring up because i'm sure this is something that we'll discuss in that it's, end of show it's gonna be fun for us because i feel like our top tens historically have been a pretty conversation pretty easy conversation for mm. the podcast our 10 has, has been extremely consistent together you know yeah we've pretty much had eight or nine of the same movies this year with the quality we've seen i could easily see something that's in your top five that won't be in my 10 you know and vice mm. versa because the breadth of movies is so broad that like uh, even though our tastes are so similar the quality is so high that they, there's got to be differences this year man like if, <laughs> if there's not then we are basically the same person <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll we'll find out like i'm already at a point where i don't the thing is i don't even know how i feel myself like it's no you have the movies that you know you love but then when it comes to really putting a number next to a movie i mean it's so arbitrary at times that it just becomes so difficult and yeah especially when we do it between the two of us where it's like okay like who feels the most strongly about this movie like it's it's a very difficult thing it's to more just actually fighting to get them in the 10 you know yeah. I think that's the thing that might be the issue this year like let alone the numbering but yeah it's gonna be a fun time like i can't wait for that show already like <laughs> I'm buzzing for it, and there's there's going to be movies that are going to be on that show that we haven't even seen yet. I'm sure of it. Yeah, that's going to be like a longer show ever. I can tell already. <laughs> yeah, um, and we've done yeah. some long ones. Yeah, uh, thanks very much for that, Sean. Um, yeah, obviously, just yeah. To, to end us off this week, I did briefly mention it in our discussion, but obviously, we both watched um, a little Arrow Blu-ray over the last week. Um, oh yes. This is this is kind of the love-in episode of Super Horror Bros because not only have we seen the one movie that we've been dying to see for the last couple of years, um, but then we got the kind of Arrow release of one of our all-time favorites. I mean, when you're talking about purely nostalgia, yeah, I don't this, know if there's a movie that speaks to me as much movie. as this movie. This is our childhood movie. Mm. You know, this is our childhood horror movie. We, um, you know, got to, you know, the, uh, growing up that we got to see movies from an early age and kind of horror movies from an early age. And there were things that kind of like became forbidden through early on. And there were movies that were seminal to me. Nightmare on Elm Street was one, and this is definitely one of them. And kind of, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that one that I couldn't get for a mm. while and then eventually got. And like those three were the three movies that kind of really shaped me. And this movie's an insane one because we'd never seen part one. We just saw part two a million times back in the day. And to be fair, you didn't need to see part one. No, part it's really, two. it's really um, lucky. <laughs> I'm really lucky. Rewatching yeah. it now, I'd kind of forgot about all that stuff. And yeah. um, it makes perfect sense now where it's like, oh yeah, we totally didn't need to see the first movie because yeah, they show we you golden. It all. <laughs> we were golden. Because to be honest with you, when I watched the movie as a kid, like as a dumb kid, I was like, okay, it's called cool, part two, but was there a part one? Like, <laughs> yeah. There was so much of this. I was like, I know who I know Ruby and Bobby. I know all these characters. Like, what's going on? Because we get so much of it. I'm like, great, great storytelling. Wes, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, he just he, he didn't have much budget, did he? But yeah, um... <laughs> it's funny looking back on that now and being like, wow, like you could imagine if you could try to get away with that, and well, even imagine, an independent if, if movie now. Just done this with Devil's Rejects, um, with with Three from Hell, where we mm. just got like a ton of Devil's Rejects footage in it. We'd have been like, what, what? No, that's not allowed um it was just funny the amount of like i I remember that movie doom asylum that i talked about a while ago where it was like there's about 15 minutes of just stock footage in that movie that's just inserted and i remember watching the extra where they were like yeah we just bought the rights to this like crappy movie for dirt cheap and we needed to get the runtime to like 80 minutes and we'd shot like 55 minutes so they just added all this crap (laughs) this is every puppet master movie i've seen where (laughs) we get a ton of stock footage I've I've watched Curse of Puppet Master now. That movie has got a ton of footage from all the other movies. Mm. So and then basically you have about ten minutes of a film. It's great. Yeah, the use of that of reusing footage is something that gladly has gone away from even independent yeah. films now. Um, because it's a weird one looking back on this movie. Like the first thirty minutes, you're like, "Oh, I just want to get to the part two stuff that I love because <laughs> I've seen enough of Hills of Eyes for 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 now." Yeah. You know, I I love like yeah. the new characters in part two, but once it actually gets going, like the nostalgia watching this movie and it's crazy seeing such a crisp, like nice quality. Blue I know I've never seen a movie like this before. It's pro. It's just weird. Like having yeah. it now, I'm like, oh. Here's this movie that was this forbidden fruit that we had on this videotape that we had to keep hidden and and now we just have it as this this lovely arrow presentation and it has a poster of the original vhs box art that yeah. we had and it's the only arrow blu-ray i, I, still, I, have have it, man. I still have the vhs <laughs> nice uh, it's the yeah. only arrow blu-ray i have where obviously they have their new artwork and then they have the old one and their new artwork's cool because it's very similar to the old one anyway but mm. it's the it's the first one that i've actually reversed and i am yeah. having the the old cover and it's crazy to see that same box art but on a blu-ray, on a blu-ray. now yeah i know i'm um, the same <laughs> yeah <laughs> we it's are the so, same person yeah it's just it's awesome that this actually exists yeah and watching this movie again like you say it's such a nostalgia trip just all the the dialogue on it it's so dumb and cheesy and just so fun every character makes terrible decisions constantly and it's like it's it's just such a great ride and it's funny that like we're talking about this with like bookending like three from hell like two of the most nostalgia filled things that we could do for the podcast it's great yeah for sure it's a good Um, time and like i'm so glad that arrow did this yeah well obviously we we love the movie so much but the the arrow release itself is an interesting one Mm. i'm very mixed on it um it's one of their big big box ones i guess they're limited mm-hmm. edition ones and so it's one disc which i don't know hardly any of the ones there might there are there obviously is some but like it's only one disc anyway um and it's got n- almost nothing on the disc except it's... for the film it's got a commentary which mm-hmm. is completely irrelevant and then it's got a very short making of with a bunch of people that i don't want to hear from no, um, because it's obviously the only man of. you'd want to hear from is no longer with us no. and so you have a bunch of people speaking on his behalf and i honestly don't care about anyone 
anyone's opinion on that. And yeah, that the actual extras in in itself is a complete. It's the worst Arrow release I've seen. Um, I was going to say it's the worst big box release I've seen outside of the presentation. Obviously, the mm. presentation is exquisite. The big box is lovely. The poster's lovely. The artwork's lovely. Um, I haven't really jumped into the booklet yet and read that. Um, yeah. But like, it looked nice flicking through it. All of that was fantastic. But yeah, the second you get to the feature, um, the restoration again, fantastic. Never seen this movie like it. But then special features are awful. Like you said. The commentary is by people that I don't, I will never even play it. And the the making of I watched and was extremely disappointed because for a movie that I love and have so much nostalgia for, there has to be love and nostalgia for this movie because Arrow have put it out to make money, mm. not just for me and you, as much as we like <laughs> to think that. Um, they might I'm starting, have done. To, I'm starting to think that now. They might have done because basically the documentary just slams the movie for the entire time and like not even in like an endearing way like the troll one does. Like yeah. the people that made this movie were just like, Yeah, we don't want to make it. Where's they want to make it? Like Well the main I don't person remember. He's really like, I don't even remember. Me. Yeah. He was like the financier. So obviously yeah, he's yeah. super salty because he financed this movie that made no money. And then Wes obviously went on to make a movie that made a fuck ton of money. Yeah. So he's just like so salty when he talks about the movie. Mm. And it's just like, oh, it's so Yeah. And, and they're just like, I don't even remember like where it was shot and all this sort of thing. And like, it's just not what I'd want from a making of where I almost wish they were just like, yeah, we can't have features on it. Like, we just don't have anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got. Um, I, like a release of it on DVD, and I want to see whether there's anything on that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> interesting to see. Like, Wes must have spoke about this film at some point. Like, and there's, but there's not a single second of Wes talking about this movie, is there? No. Like, it's he crazy. Did pop up for like a second in the the um the the documentary, but it's but it's just kind of him talking about movies in general. There's a it's a weird to compare it to their release of Last House on the Left, which mm. is a movie that I don't like anywhere near as much as I like Hills of Eyes Part Two. Yet that release is exceptional, and I would highly recommend it purely yeah. because of the amount of amazing and extras the features that are on that. make you like the movie more. Yeah, like I watched that making of, and it bummed me out. It made me feel like uh, like I shouldn't like this movie as much, which is yeah. not what I, where I want to be from it. So yeah, it's. That's a shame, but I'm I'm just so glad that it exists on my my shelf, and I love the movie. God damn it! Like, yeah. I know it has its problems, but fuck yeah, Hills of Eyes Part Two. Yeah, it's all it's fantastic, and like I think mm. um, it's it's one of those ones that is a weirdly unheard of movie in the horror community. Like yeah. obviously, there are a lot of people that just shit on it, and I think that mm. there's people that probably do that that have not even remotely seen the movie. And so I, what I would say is if you're a fan of those types of old 70s and 80s slasher horror films, and yeah. especially if you like any of Wes's movies, give it a watch because I think you'll have a fun time with it outside of just know that the first half an hour, you're going to pretty much see all of The Hills of Eyes Part 1 again, um, um, which yeah. is, is difficult to rewatch. <laughs> it is. But yeah, um, I guess also there's a couple other things I want to touch upon. Um mm. I did watch Curse of Puppet Master. Enough said. I'm Christ. sorry, guys, but I will not stop. Um, don't, yeah, don't talk about that this week. <laughs> no, but, um, I watched a movie called Blood Rage, which right. was a Fright Fest Arrow Blu-ray pickup. Um, oh, yeah. Which, um, 80s slasher movie. It was great. 
Nice. It was like I've I've been in a little bit, obviously a massive rut with Puppet Master movies, but a little bit of a rut in general of these kind of older movies that haven't quite hit the mark for me. Mm. This gave me exactly what I wanted. The movie starts with this crazy gore, and it is just a gore fest of a slasher movie, and I loved it. It's basically um, twin brothers are at a drive-through with their mum, with like her new boyfriend, sleazy boyfriend, and they. Um, break out of the car and one of the brothers just massacres someone in the drive-thru and then blames the other brother. Um, <laughs> we then cut to like 15 years later and the wrongly accused brother is in a mental asylum and the real psychopath is at home with his mum just living a normal life. <laughs> and the brother breaks out of the mental institution and so then the other brother decides that he can now go on a murder rampage again because the brother will get the blame for it. What, what more do you want? What this, more do you sound, want? this sounds very similar to a movie that we watched recently for the show <laughs> that was not good. So I'm mm. guessing this is better. <laughs> this was better. Yeah, this was great. Um, and it was, it was proper, it was, it was just proper good fun, proper gore fest, just absolute cheese. And it was the cheese that I wanted. And yeah, it was, it was great fun. And yeah, it was a big tick for me. Nice. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, it sounds good. I should probably watch that. Definitely. And yeah, just very briefly, like, um, our podcast, we haven't been talking about video games much for a long while. There are two big releases that are coming out. We'll be talking about Death Stranding when it comes <laughs> out. But obviously this week, uh, Last of Us Part 2 got its reveal, got its release date. We know we're getting it in February now. And so, yeah, it's a it's a game that I'll be talking about when that comes out because it's one of my favorite games of all time. So people that listen to us that haven't, you know, haven't been getting your video game fix from us, it's coming soon. Yeah, like if you, yeah, because it has been such a long time, but obviously mm. um, th- these are the two games that we've both been looking forward to the most out of the last, what, three or four years? Um, yeah. Both of us love them both, but definitely for me, Death Stranded is my yeah. number one, and for you, definitely The Last of Us Part Two is your number one. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and yeah, Last of Us Part Two would be my number two for sure. Um, yeah, Death Stranded is my number two. It, yeah, it's so it's like we both cannot wait for both <laughs> these ones, but we both have the slight preference. Like I'm yeah. more of the Kojima fanboy and you're more of the naughty dog fanboy yeah um but yeah i just the fact that we're gonna be getting to play both these very soon yeah like, like, we just cannot wait yeah we won't be talking about them much before release because i'm basically on media blackout i'm the opposite yeah. of what i am for movies well for, for three from hell in particular but um yeah the second these games come out and we're playing them they will be spoken about on the show yeah definitely um Good and time. yeah we, we obviously got the tv season to talk about in the coming weeks as well mm-hmm. um obviously with that american horror story 1984 um we'll be talking oh about in the coming weeks i have seen the first episode and let me just give you and the listeners a slight tease um you're gonna fucking love this so much <laughs> <laughs> this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a mic show i can tell just watching this this episode is it like, like blood rage it sounds very similar just watching it you're like <laughs> oh my god this is they're, they're doing the thing that we wanted them to do with this season which is just make it the most 80s inspired slasher thing possible um in, in that very much fun american horror story style like i yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the they made weeks, the mic season yeah i've got i've got a very good feeling about this kind of we've had this slight renaissance or definitely you know this massive, we've had a massive renaissance with it yeah yeah like it started obviously we love the show overall but it was a shame that when we it coincided with us starting the show that roanoke was the season which was by far the worst and then kind Mm -hmm. of cult picked things up again and was very enjoyable and then uh, apocalypse last year was fantastic incredible Um, 
And so, yeah, this is very much a different thing to that. That was kind of like the culmination of all these years where this is like a very new cast. I think there's only like three or maybe four returning actors. Mm, interesting. Um, so I like that. I like that yeah. new focus. Like this feels like more of a new show than, than nice. the previous seasons. Nice. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about all that good stuff. And yeah, plenty of films as well. Like we already had a film pick for this week that we kind of changed at the last minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can't even we can't even hazard a guess what we're doing next week because <laughs> At the end of last week's show, if we'd have been like, oh, by the way, guys, three from hell next week. <laughs> like, yeah. Who, who knows what's going to land in our lap? But all I know is there are a ton of super cool movies that I really want to see. Yeah, it's awesome that this momentum is struggling kept to going. fit it in once, one a week. Yeah, like from we had Fright Fest, which was great, and then we had It Chapter Two, and it's just going to continue going now from Free from Hell and all the way until Doctor Sleep, really, which is like the next big one, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was it. That it's weird that we're they'll come to the end of it where we have now discussed finally Free from Hell on the show. It's it's Part very. One part yeah. one we're, we're <laughs> going to be talking more about this film <laughs> yeah definitely um but yeah thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and